some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, and a good two-wheeled Tuesday or Sunday if you're on our flagship 1460 KXNO. Welcome. Big thanks to all our listeners out there, and uh, welcome to Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I'm Tony Wink. Alongside my co-host PJ Doran, Jack and Leanne DeLeon are our producers. Tommy Boy Halverson and Ed Kulenkamp are also an intricate part to put this thing together. We appreciate everybody. Special in-studio guest for us today, Mark Good. He's the director, race director for Zero Prostate Cancer or Walk, if you prefer. It's a 5K to raise awareness for prostate cancer. It's, it's a nationwide organization, and we will be talking to him in just a moment we have an event coming up here very soon in the des moines area so we're we've invited him on to be on this program with us the uh, the vets motocrosses nations just wrapped up in farley castle england it's one of my favorite events i've participated in i went there in 2014 and it's no surprise that mike brown was invited and he wins everything while he's there unfortunately his team usa mustered only a second place overall however so the real some really good the british are uh, they, they know how to throw an event i'll tell you that they have a marching band they there's it's super super cool and vintage stuff everybody in costume too from the uh, period yes most well a lot of of period correct gear uh i saw hot sauce was there ivan tedesco he was running full new looking fox stuff but yeah, there's there's a lot of that going on. Uh, Dubok had an off week he, weekend. He he d- did something in qualifying and screwed up his back or something. But uh, we're, I'm going to invite those guys once they get back in the USA. I'm going to invite them to come on and talk about that event. That's an event that I've I've uh, s- expressed interest with with the promoter Dave King over there for the VMXDN, and I think I'm going to be there in 2020 if things go well. So that's that was this last weekend. So it's the weekend after Labor Day. If anybody's interested in, in attending that event, I'm telling you, it is super, super cool. It's not as expensive as you'd think. So uh, you can get, get a hold of me through the, uh, the Pit Pass radio website if you want to do that. And while Pro Motocross has been on idle in the U.S., it's been an interesting week in road racing. PJ, take us there, will you? Absolutely. We'll start with the World Superbike event in Portimao, Portugal. Race one saw Ray, Mr. Jonathan Ray over Chaz Davis and Michael Vandermark. Race two saw the return of Mr. Bautista um, with Ray in second and uh, the flying Turkish man, Razgat Lioglu. I think I said that right. Um Ray has got a pretty commanding, I think it's over, lead in the series after, as we all recall, it seems like just yesterday, Batista had such a flying start on that Ducati. Um, but unfortunately for him and the rest of the field, Mr. Ray has reasserted his dominance. I think he's got 91 points on everybody right now or more. Then I will take us over to New Jersey Motorsports Park. Moto America just had a wonderful round uh, in the Superbike class. Race one saw Garrett Gerloff return to the top of the podium. The guy has been on fire over his teammate uh, Cam Bobier and Yamaha-mounted J.D. Beach on the Estenson bike. Unfortunately, Mr. Gerloff had an off uh, after that race and was unable to compete. It was in the warm-up, I believe. He was unable to compete in race two. Um, Speedy recovery, Garrett. We hope you're able to make it back for Barber. Race two then saw Bobier over JD with uh, very fast uh, Matthew Skoltz coming in uh, third place. Now with our series 
coming to the final event at Barber, as mentioned, Tony Elias sits uh, on 333 points, holding a 16-point advantage over one Cambobier with 50 points on offer at the final event. It is going to come down to the wire, which is awesome. And in the Supersport class, equally exciting, uh, P.J. Jacobson pulls the double on the 600 uh, with Bobby Fong, taking second in both races. We'll be talking to him later, and they fought all the way to the finish line in both of them. In race one, Sean Dillon Kelly came third. Race two, Hayden Gillum came third after a pretty massive crash that he had. Uh, that series, Fong holds a very narrow 10-point advantage going into the final uh, race of the season with Hayden Gillum another uh, 25 back from uh, P.J. Jacobson. So Gillum's 35 off of Fong. Uh, it's going to be a nail-biter at Barber. And our man, as mentioned, Drake Beecham, a friend of the family of Pit Pass. He is currently sitting an unfortunate 21 points back from uh, Mr. Dumas, but that means it is possible. Anything's possible, Drake. Keep your head up. He was there. He, he, he had a lead for a time there. Um, <laughs> what you know, happened? Mr. Dumas has come on strong, uh, I think, four in a row on race wins. Uh, this weekend, Drake was best he could do was fourth in the in the race. So he's given away a few more. You know, if you can't win, you want to be second. And he's given away a few points. Nobody knows it better than Drake. And he's a fighter. He will come all the way back, I'm sure. Um, so look forward to the barber round. Really do. And I'm going to be down there. Imagine I'm going to have to go watch. All right. Thank you, PJ. I was going to bring on our in-studio guest, but I, I see that we have a, a guest on hold for 10 minutes now, Jack. So much for calling him late. Um so I, I, on the show today, we're going to have Bobby Fong, Larry Pegram. Did you see Pegram in the flat track? Pegram. Dude. Brad Jeraminski, Mike Witowski, and our next guest, who is currently third place in the pro class of the AMA American Hard Enduro, Nick Ferringer joins us. What's up, Nick? How are you? Doing well. How are you guys? We're, we're good. We did, I hope you didn't fall asleep. You got an energy drink sponsor to keep you going over there, or what's going on? No, I don't, uh, I don't do much of that. I've actually... Uh, rooting through sprockets. I'm uh, building up some wheels and bikes while I'm on hold, so no worries. <laughs> you got the headgear or what? That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, keeping it busy here. It's uh, When you're trying to race full-time and work, It's uh, you, you got to burn it at both ends, I guess. What do you do besides racing these motorcycles? I, uh, I'm i an engineer. Oh, yeah, uh, we, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. So I actually work uh, for a family-owned company, Cycle Electric. Uh, I make electrical, uh, actually charging system components for uh, the V-twin segment. Yeah. Um, so a little different than the off-road racing uh, stuff I'm accustomed to, but uh, you know, it's a good place to build good parts. So not only are you better at motorcycling, dirt biking, whatever than I am, you're you're also not a dummy. So I'm a dummy, and I'm not that good at dirt biking. So it's it's kind of a bummer. No. I'd- I wouldn't say that. But. Well, a lot of our listeners would. You, you would if you were any closer to us. You absolutely would. Or if you caught him anywhere uh, out in the open. Uh, how's the season been going for you, Nick? Uh, it's been an interesting one. Yeah, you mentioned I, I, we just wrapped up the American Heart Enduro Championship Series. I uh, finished a third, one point behind second uh, with Quinn Wenzel. And uh, it was an interesting season because it was the first for the American Heart Enduro Championship, and uh, it's a sport that's been just growing and kind of sprouting roots in the in the U.S. I mean, it's not a, a new sport by any means when you look at Europe, but uh, it's something that I'm really passionate about, and I'm super stoked to be able to 
race it and, and help influence the growth of the sport. So, yeah, so this was the first year for that, right, or was it the second year? This was the first year. We've had a number of, uh, I guess, events that fit into this genre or this category mm-hmm. that have uh, that, that have been around for a few years. But it, it's the first year we collected, you know, championship points from these rounds and and, uh, and kind of deemed a champion. Which, ironically, the championship went to uh, South Africa's. Uh, 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 why am I having a, a brain fade moment here? Um, <laughs> um, Wade Young. Yeah, I mean, you could forget Wade Young. Um, super talented and, and makes the uh, American, uh, you know, aside from Cody Webb, he, he's he's on another level than the American. So, so you're you're, the, it was a was it a three round series or what was it? I can't remember. We had five rounds. Okay. Um, I remember correctly. We started off in Texas at the uh, Rev Limiter event, and then uh, there was quite a break until, and I may have this out of order. We did. The uh, Tough Like Roar event in Pennsylvania, which has been around for a few years. Um, the uh, Battle of the Goats race in North Carolina, which is a kind of a too well kept secret. It's, it's an awesome event. And then two uh, newer, smaller events, one in Ohio and one in uh, Kentucky, which was just two weeks ago to wrap up the series. So, my question to you, Nick, is when you're so we, we know the level of rider that you are, the, the, these events, you know, these extreme enduros or hard enduros, it attracts a certain kind of guy to go and do these and challenge and try to like, like the Tennessee knockout or, or any of these, it's these guys that are like, they really want to push themselves, but it also keeps a lot of people away. Like, I don't need none of that. You know what I mean? That you'll have that kind of guy that says, I don't need to be out there doing that because I know I'm not at that level. Can these events sustain? Can they, can they keep going based on, you know, it, it's, it's a, uh, either you're really good like you or you're a nut job and you want to push yourself until you're, you're half dead, right? So, did they get the numbers to to be able to to keep going like um, like uh, we hope they do? So, very interesting topic in question. Um, you've got me loaded with like three different trains of thought here. Um, yes, yes, and no. <laughs> um, the numbers are surprising. I went to a hard enduro in Idaho. Now, mind you, the chance to go race in Idaho is kind of a just let's let's go check it out, right? They supposedly they at one point I recall them saying they had 500 entrants. Let's just say it was between 350 and 500 entrants, which for an event that has minimal uh, you know infrastructure, that it was overwhelming and phenomenal for them. Uh, some of the you know TKO brings in a huge turnout. It's it's getting GNCC size big. Um, at least National Enduro big, which as we know National Enduro sell out five six hundred riders around typically um some of the we'll say the, the events are more in their infancy or the ones that aren't quite as well known uh some of them struggle to get the numbers just over 100 um stuff like roar in pennsylvania i think they had 250 i might be mistaken i'm really not good with numbers <laughs> um but you're exactly right it, it's not for the average guy the same guy uh the guy that doesn't like to tear stuff up um we don't know if it's sustainable but we also are trying to develop the events in a, in a manner where there, there can be a guy that wants to just push himself and his, and his bike and see how far he can get and, and have a fair challenge and, and compete fairly with guys that are his peers, be it that there's an easier course for them or the, the event gets more, more difficult as you progress, say there's different knockout rounds or just how far on the course can you get? 
And for the guy that maybe isn't as good but has a hard time swallowing the fact he's not good enough to finish an event, it's going to bum that one out. <laughs> it's going to bum that person out. But uh, it's there's a lot of learning to happen um, when we're trying to form this uh, segment in the U.S., that's for sure. So the, to be clear, is that happening, Nick, that, I mean, you have, uh, I would presume, uh, you know, there are there's going to be a handful of guys who maybe aren't capable right out of the gate, and they probably even know that, but they want to give it a go. Is there a, is are there a fair number of those guys? I think is a, is another way to ask the question. Tony's already asked. Are there some new? Is there new blood arriving at these events? There are. Um, I've. Uh, I guess I haven't gotten to know those guys good enough, uh, you know, well enough when they show up. But uh, you know, at uh, at Battle of the Goats, North Carolina, it's a two lap race. Uh, the first lap took me two hours. It was about a 17-mile loop. And probably a mile and a half, two miles into my second lap, I was lapping people. And, uh, you know, they weren't at the hardest point of their lap yet. And sometimes I'll make comments to them, like, it's only uphill from here. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> really help them out. <laughs> really help them out. Well, you know, when you look at there's got to be something wrong with the guy like myself that's into doing hard enduros. There's that twisted there's something twisted with you when you see somebody else struggling and you know you're struggling. If you can make yourself seem stronger by just pushing a little harder, it, it just makes it go better for you knowing that you just push them down just by showing strength. Oh, that's nice. Take, taking joy from the pain and suffering of others so is what a, I call that. And I often find myself in that position. So you, you put other people down to, to build yourself up. That's really good, Nick. We, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really nice. It's to called hear. racing for a reason, buddy. <laughs> it's, called, it's called racing. It's called, it's, it's called smack talking during the race. It's really nice. It, I, uh, no, I, I'm not looking over my shoulder saying, you know, doing the happy Gilmore. Uh, <laughs> you stop. I'm not doing that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's an internal dialogue. I get to giggling when I see people struggle when I can, you know, it, it, it just, you got to build mental momentum. And I, I just, that particular race is one where you can do laps and see the guys that aren't, it might be their first race. I, one of these hard enduros in, uh, in the, just last weekend in Kentucky, it was somebody's first race and they were caught with their bike laid downhill against a tree and they were stuck. And, you know, this, this poor fella, this is my first dirt bike race. I don't think this is for me. And, uh, you may you know, be right. He has a cruel buddy. Whoever talked him into that probably is a bad person. You know, <laughs> and that, that's, that is kind of a bummer because that guy's like, I'm never going to go racing again. Cause he's going to think they're all like that, you know? And I have a lot of motocross buddies that they want to go ride, mo go ride off road or in their decent motocrossers. See, so you, you got to torture them a little bit. Right. And I do both. So they figure, well, I'm, I'm, and you know what? I've found so many times you find these A riders in motocross, local A riders, you get them in the woods, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to ride a motorcycle. It's like they're, like they went to, they're in the C class again. And it's, uh, it's all, I guess it's all what you grew up doing, maybe. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, Nick, we, uh, what, what's next for you? What do you got? What's cooking? What's going on? Um, I, um, uh, I'm getting married in two and a half weeks and, uh, in a week and a half, I got the okay to go up to Canada and do the corduroy three day enduro, which is, uh, it's Canadian, it's Canada's, uh, toughest enduro. It's not a hard enduro. It's a traditional enduro, but it's indeed supposed to be tough. And it kind of, I think it caps off their national championship 
Um, so I've heard a lot about it over the years. I've always been invited, never been able to make it since, you know, I'm kind of winding down for the year. I've, Heck yeah, let's go. So, and uh, um, kudos to you and congratulations on the nuptials upcoming. Did she give you any stipulations like don't even come home if you break your leg or anything like that? Because that's a, uh, you're cutting it close to the wire. No, yeah, no, she's, she's pretty cool. I mean, she knows I'm going to do it and she supports it. So, uh, uh, She's just up in the air whether she's going to come support me or keep her keep her head in the game to keep things tight for the wedding. <laughs> Big wedding or what? What's that? Big wedding or what are you what are you thinking? We're we're keeping it pretty small. I think we've got like seventy people, which it's hard to limit it to just family and you know cut down on friends. It's we just I don't I don't like to I don't like to be in the middle of stuff. You know, it's you can put on your game face at a race and get on a podium and say, okay, that was cool, but a wedding, I just wanted to keep it small. 70 <laughs> doesn't sound small to me. It's, it's a good-sized wedding, well, and I, I had to go out of the country to keep it at about that number. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's easy to get. It goes big, big, quick. Yeah, so you said it's going to be in Mexico in Baja, and I'm like, you, I perfect. Think, I think you assumed we weren't going to go, but I'm like, hey, I love Baja. I'm going. So you like Baja, That's Nick? Awesome. I actually have never been there. Oh, I'm going in in a couple weeks. The riding is amazing. It is amazing. Two weeks from today, I'll be arriving in San Diego, and then we'll go. We'll cross the border on on Wednesday, uh, a week from tomorrow, and we go down. We'll go ride from Ensenada to Mike Sky Ranch down to San Catine. It's uh, up and down the beaches. It's good stuff. You 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 need to do it. It's really good. I go you know, a couple times a year at least. I've always heard it was. You know, I associate it with like the Baja Five Hundred just like fast, wide open riding, but I've gotten to know some people that talk about how there is some hellacious, gnarly stuff, you know, if you know where to go, uh, talking to, uh, some friends and they're like Chili White who leads tours and stuff down through there. And yep, apparently it's a must do. <laughs> it's a must do. The bummer is, is the, the, the owner of, of score now is really, really caters to trucks and he's and he's making it less and less motorcycle friendly, and it's wow. uh, the it's super rough. My buddy, they've got the four hundred going on down there now, and 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 everybody's pre running. My and a friend of mine just got back, who's going to be down there with us in a couple of weeks, and he said it's the roughest he's ever seen it. So, which you sound you you say, well, that sounds great. It, it, I like it rough, but it's uh, believe me, it's it when he says it's rough, it's rough. I mean, it's already whooped out, but now you've got big rocks in the middle of whoops and stuff. It's, it's uh, they're going to screw it up, and it'll it'll not be what it is right now. And it'll, I don't think it'll ever be as good as it is right now. So you should make it on, yeah. put it on your list to get down there sooner than later, Nick. I think. Yeah, I guess when you look at how things grow, and you look at the amount of money in four wheel sports, and you look at uh, you know, say guys that you know, GNCC used to be like what an enduro kind of used to be. And then it, you know, now GNCCs are, have gotten really fast and a lot of people fell out of love with them. And I hear they've been, you know, trying to make them tougher, but it just seems to be the, the trend. Stuff gets blown out and more popular and they dump more money into more expensive vehicles going around the track. And, uh, and you know, come full circle, that's what's going to be tricky about hard enduro is keeping it hard and fresh. Sure. <laughs> Nick, I appreciate you taking the time with us, man. Good luck and congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Good talk to you guys. All right, we've got an in-studio guest, Mark Good, who is the race director of Zero 
It's the end of prostate cancer. You got a 5K coming up, and I'm and I'm gonna give you an opportunity after we come back from break. But just give us a as we lead into to the uh, the commercial break, talk about it just in brief. What you have going on on September 28th here in Des Moines? We have a 5K either a 5K run walk. Um, you can have a one mile walk. We got the kids dash for dads. We're gonna have all kinds of activities and fun stuff to do for that day. All it's right, be awesome. Good. All right, so we're gonna take a break. On the other side of it, we'll talk more about that with Mark. Stay tuned. This is Pit Pass. We'll be right back. Chris Ulrich, you're listening to the Pit Pass. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.